All right, well, I'm just going to hit record. How are you, Adam? I'm wonderful, Faye. How have you been? <laughs> I've been great. It's good to see you, even though I feel like I see you every week, but you yeah. don't see me. <laughs> Hello, Garrett. Ah, uh, you guys are already here. We are. <laughs> I've been here for 15 minutes. started really? recording because you told us to. I did too, but that's because uh, I was like, how fun would this be to capture like the holy fuck, we haven't seen each other in like a month. What's going on, guys? <laughs> I see you're halfway through Fires of Heaven already. I am. Are you kidding very me? Very exciting. I'm so, I really well, like that book. Yeah. My th- goal think- was to get to page 600 by the end of today, but I've only got like this much left to 600. Jeez. And, and I thought I was being a good boy by not being able to sleep last night. And I read 40 pages of Shadow Rising. So Ooh. <laughs> killing it. Sound effects. Just kidding. Because we don't have any of those on this one because we didn't come from the watch along territory. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 It is January 23rd right now. And I'm getting some beautiful Christmas snow in Northwest Indiana. How are you guys with your weather outside? Adam, probably volcanoes or some shit. Getting some beautiful Mount Doom volcanoing and uh, the sun's over the mountains right now. It looks very pretty out here in Las Vegas. Mm. It's just standard over here, guys. (laughs) It's just kind of cold, normal January weather in the beautiful suburbs of Philadelphia. (laughs) Oh, beautiful suburbs of Philadelphia. You just have to say Philadelphia and everyone knows what you're talking about. (laughs) So this is our first release after our season one recap. And uh, we did mention ahead of time that we were going to have something sort of special slash not. This is Wheel of Time related, but this is the Wheel of Time show about the wheel. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. This is the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show, a podcast that (laughs) that talks about the Wheel of Time show TV show on Amazon Prime. We're a podcast that talks about that. And thank you for being here. We were saying in the interim, in the off season, we were going to be running something to kind of, you know, just eh, pretty much just to not make sure that everybody else, you know, fucking disappears from our feed and you have something to keep you coming back. Um, But also we wanted to do this ourselves. Adam and I, we were like, hey, we should talk about that Wheel of Time show that's coming out in Prime. And And he goes, yeah. And I said, but what if we also did like an actual play RPG in the Wheel of Time campaign? And then he had a heart attack and died because he was so excited about it. So. <laughs> it's true. Robin Grace had to sit on my chest a whole bunch. Uh, so I think that's how that works, right? Yeah. This was actually my original introduction to Faye. Ab and I knew that we wanted to have a third person playing with us. So it wasn't literally just DM and person. We asked Faye to come along and she turned out to be a wonderful individual. And then everybody knows that she just came on the main feed <laughs> almost immediately because she was such a uh, such a hit with uh, listeners and then also Adam and myself. So yeah, the test audience has really, really liked Faye. So we mm-hmm. decided to move her on over. And I can't tell if we're holding her hostage or if she just charmed us. But either way, I think it worked. Out. Mm-hmm. What if I had just turned out to be a really bad person, guys? <laughs> I so think- far, you've yeah. been a wonderful human being. So. <laughs> so Adam and I wanted to do an actual play for this. And for people who do not know what an actual play is, that's kind of a big category in the podcasting world. And effectively what it is, is somebody playing a role-playing game that's typically things in a D20 system like Dungeons and Dragons or Shadowrun or others that I Pathfinder, have. Starfinder, mm-hmm. all those weird six sided dice games they have out there like the mm-hmm. fate system they, they all really have any ttrpg 
TTRPG. There you go. Tabletop role playing game. That's that's what you need to know. But again, the most like popular that everybody knows is just going to be Dungeons and Dragons, where you roll dice and you and you be a, a real big nerd with your code red. That stuff's very cool and it's awesome. And we wanted to do it ourselves. Uh, anybody who is unfamiliar with it, there are shows out there like that other D and D podcast, The Adventure Zone, Critical Role, How the Quest Was Won. Yeah, I think that's a great introduction, Garrett. And just to give you an idea of what you all will be listening to for the foreseeable future, I think we're going to have around eight to ten episodes. These are this uh, recorded. We're not sure how far out we're going to stretch that because um, we want to make sure it's just quality stuff and we we end on good notes each episode. Uh, but it is going to be a fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons show. We've all kind of committed to this idea of rather than let you guys sit and listen to us you know, go through the rules lawyer stuff of it and do all the dice rolling. We're going to get to the results and the action pretty quickly. The setting for this is the Age of Legends within the Wheel of Time universe. And we had this brilliant idea, set it in the Age of Legends because there's barely anything about it in the canon. <laughs> uh, and so we did that. And we know that there's supposed to be this advanced technology and there's this uh, better grasp of all the magic that was had. And then the show had like a two-minute clip, which I still thought was cool, but we didn't realize that the advanced technology was like, you know, Blade jets runner. and flying vehicles yeah. and shit like that. So <laughs> you won't find those here. We, we might add in some stuff where it's just like, oh, your horse is parked next to the flying car. Please take that instead. <laughs> so uh, either way, I think it's going to be really fun, and the entire setting is basically offset from the main story of Wheel of Time by a several thousand years to make sure we don't overlap with anything the show might be doing or doing differently. Yeah, so if you know you're not familiar with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you don't have to be to kind of listen to this show. We're gonna basically weave a story with the three of us, with Adam kind of leading the way. And if this happens to pique your interest, you can always go and learn a little bit more about Dungeons and Dragons. But you absolutely don't need to know how to play in mm -hmm. order to enjoy this part of the podcast. That's a good point. Like you don't have to know how to play. So actually, if you do know how to play, and you're going to go ahead and fucking email us about how we didn't roll horses right, <laughs> oh, don't rules lawyers us. Nobody likes a rules lawyer. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, I think we we're rules light on this to make sure that like they have the setting that they play in, and then they have the capability of driving the story. For there was multiple times during this recording session where I was like. All right, cool. I'm going to have to change some stuff up about this story now. And I think that's the best thing that can happen with D&D or, or any sort of collaborative storytelling. So I had a really good time doing this. I miss doing this. So uh, if you guys like it, please let us know. We would love to hear it. The supportive feedback is always incredibly welcome. And the non-supportive feedback, you guys can shove up your ass. So We are always uh, into constructive criticism. If you have just criticism, yes, then you know, we'll, we'll read that, but we probably won't respond. If this is your first introduction to TTRPGs or if you've been doing this, you know, your whole life, welcome and enjoy. This is going to be a lot of fun. Also, we're still recording in our same old personal studios slash rooms and in our respective homes and stuff like that. So it is still pretty noisy. So Garrett, the ever constant sound designer, is going to be putting backing tracks to cover a lot of the noise. But also, it's not going to be super sound designy as far as like throwing swords and the flying cars in the background and stuff like that, but there will be an atmosphere that you guys can have. So enjoy. And then the very last thing, we say this in, in the intro that's going to run here in a second, but we recorded this well before we actually saw this show and actually well before Garrett became friends with Faye. It's funny because the introduction of these two characters was literally the introduction of these two humans. So it was very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Also, I think we have to kind of put a little disclaimer out there, which is I feel like we started changing some of the ways that we said some of the names in the show as we were watching, but we definitely didn't do that with this. So I think I was still calling them Aes Sedai the whole time, even though I think they were... 
I, Ace Sedai? No, I know 100% sure I said Ace Sedai the entire show. So uh, forgive me because that pronunciation was not given to me quite yet, except by the glossary for like, you know, 30 years. But either way. Okay, cool. I'm going to toss it over to uh, us recording in like August or whatever it was. And again, this is January. So enjoy. Our campaign titled Age of Legends Downfall, Episode 1. See you guys. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Here we are. So let's go ahead and do the thing. Welcome. Over to you, Adam. <laughs> I hate you so much. Welcome, everyone, to the first ever version of our D&D sidecar podcast to the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show. I am, of course, Adam Diaz, and I am here with Garrett. How are you doing, Garrett? I'm great. Adam, uh, I am Garrett, and um, we are also... Well, hold on. Woo! Got to do that. Oh, that God. is uh, <laughs> Fans of Scaryish will be similarly annoyed. <laughs> I'm doing great, man, and glad that we are here today. Uh, we are actually here about a week after the trailer. Trailer. Yeah, yeah, for the Wheel of Time drop, so we're actually at September 9th, 2021 recording, and this is going to be kicking off the actual play campaign that we're going to be doing and are in we... fact this is the first piece of content that we are uh, recording for <laughs> the wheel of time show about the wheel of time show uh-huh. which is very exciting and it's kind of funny because we're not just doing it with me and garrett we also have very special guest faye joining us say hello faye hello Thank you so much for being here. Faye mm-hmm. is going to be playing a character within the campaign. Uh, I think a lot of folks, when they think of D&D campaigns, think of like parties of three, four, or five, maybe upwards of that. No, we're doing a party of two. Suck it. That's it's what it is. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. We're very excited. Uh, Faye, thank you so much for joining us. Speaking from the past, we're all hoping uh, that the show is, you know, good. So fingers <laughs> crossed. We'll see how that plays out, but very excited to start this campaign uh, to give a little bit of background information. I'll just sort of set the uh, tone and then you all can just give us a brief description of your characters. So rather than trying to run parallel to the story that we all know and love, we're actually going to be setting our campaign in the Age of Legends. Uh, Whether or not it's the Age of Legends or an Age of Legends is yet to be discovered, but we'll all figure that out together. Uh, But essentially, if you know anything about the Age of Legends, it's a time of sort of peace and renown because all these great things are happening. There's this technology and it's just uh, a perfect place to drop two characters in. And I think this is a good spot for you all to introduce your characters. So, uh, Gary Bear, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you're going to be playing? Uh, Is that how you're going to introduce me in like an other (laughs) when we actually record the show is Gary Bear? (laughs) I think I actually have a character in the script as Gare Bear. So. Oh, great. I'm going to hate this. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be playing a character named Redding, or Red for short, Deuteran. Very cool name generator. Got the Deuteran out there. Um, anybody who cares, that's lowercase D-U apostrophe capital T-A-R-A-N. And that feels like that's kind of like a honorific, you know, and in in the spirit of Wheel of Time, you know, like Rand Althor or Bran Alvir, Aguin Alvir, you know, the Al was in like a small town that was adding like the good wife, you know, like a prefix, I guess, kind of to a name. I'm not sure how you, how you would say that. It's like you know? weird prefix, unnecessary apostrophe name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he goes by Red for short. He's ballpark in his mid to late 40s, maybe early 50s. Uh, and he is just a general, run-of-the-mill man. Nothing incredibly special or outstanding about him at all. He just seems like 
one of the people in the crowd that you would see in a crowd and would look right past. Uh, and that's all we have for him so far. We'll see what else we will uncover later. Right on. That sounds exciting. I am very happy that you're going to be playing a grumpy old man. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's quite fitting. So good stuff. <laughs> all right, Faye, uh, what do we have for your character? All right. So I'm going to be playing a character named Lyriel Tilor uh, with she, her pronouns. Um, she is a, a relatively young woman, um, I would say in her like early 20s or so. And she's a magic user. So I think that's all I'll share about for right now. Right on. And I think you told me she goes by L. She correct? does. Yes, she doesn't like to be right. called her full first name. So even though she can't hear the narrator, I will refer to your character as L uh, throughout the piece, unless someone's speaking to you and uses your full name. For the listener, so, for the listener, is that E L or is that just the letter L? Uh, I think to be cool and edgy, she just makes it the letter L. Oh my god! Nice, so cool. It's so <laughs> hardcore. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and just dive right into our story. No point in uh, messing around. So I will lead us in with something that I feel is appropriate. May I just end. say one more thing? Absolutely. Ooh. To the listener, thank you for being here. We very much appreciate you listening to us. We promise this won't suck, as uh, Adam already said at the top, but I just want to double check. Right before we're getting into it, like this won't suck. But thank you for being here. And if it sucks, we're really sorry that it sucks. I should say one more disclaimer. As this is coming out before the show has launched, uh, there will be a lot of things that are pronounced based off of how <laughs> I've read them or how Garrett <laughs> or Faye has read them. There hasn't been any spoken official pronunciations for these things yet. And I think we can all agree that the glossary, while helpful, is sometimes dumb. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but please don't be upset about it. My so. character is Rond Altor. <laughs> all right. Cool. Let's go ahead and jump in. <laughs> The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose above the great city of Perendisen. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the wheel of time, but it was our beginning. And we start in the Hall of Servants, in the land of Perendisen, the greatest city in the world. And within the Hall of Servants, a monumental thing is taking place for one very specific person. That person is named El. She is finally being raised to full Ace Sedai, which is how I say that. And if you don't say it that way, okay, be that way. <laughs> El, you are kneeling during this ceremony the words are being spoken that you know will finally give you not just permission, but the freedom to seek out whatever cause you would prefer to have be identified as what you've taken into yourself. When the ceremony ends, you are allowed to rise as full Ace Sedai. And as you rise, most of your new sisters and brothers for that matter, don't really seem to be coming over to congratulate you. This seems to be commonplace to see someone raised for them, but to you, this is sincerely one of the, if not the, most important days of your life. And as you are rising to your feet and you look around, you see one particular female Ace Sedai looking at you with almost disdain, and you recognize her as your sister, Elena Sedai, 
I'd like to go over to my sister, please. All right. You stroll on over and she arches an eyebrow, but she stays perfectly still. And as you approach, she inclines her head to you. As you know, she has already been raised to full Ace Sedai status. So at this point, it is the first time since your training began that you can speak to her and be technically on equal footing. So, A, are you proud of me? Proud of you for doing what you should do? <laughs> I roll my eyes a little bit. Um, while she's kind of looking away, I roll my eyes. I feel like should is a strong word. The fact that we got here, I think, is pretty great. It is pretty amazing that two sisters from the same family were able to gain such renown so quickly, even though, well, let's be honest, my renown has come a lot faster than yours. However, I am proud that you have graduated, so I no longer have to introduce you as my sister, the accepted. Okay. How are you going to introduce me now? My sister, the A Sedai? <laughs> I believe Lyriel Sedai will do just fine. So something to note for the folks who are not that familiar with Age of Legends is that as a full-blown Ace Sedai, L has not had to pick an Aja because they don't technically exist yet. Everyone is just a member of the Ace Sedai. Uh, so as you're staring at Elena, uh, she looks down to you and lets you know that you will need to be attending the Great Hall uh, for your forced assignment. That's exciting. You can come with me? I suppose it is. Well, of course I'll be there. <laughs> As you start walking towards the Great Hall, uh, she starts taking a different route, and it sort of dawns on you that uh, the sessions that occur in the Great Hall happen in three different segments. The first is the public segment in which uh, folks from the local area can come and essentially request projects or help in some way, shape, or form. Then there's private session where the public is left out, the doors are closed, and debate happens about what is most important. And then there's private session where you are no longer in the Great Hall, but you are taken back to individual rooms to have your tasks assigned to you. And as you're walking to the hall, you're realizing that your sister is not going to be attending just to listen. She will be sitting in judgment. So she will be on the panel of those who are receiving the people who are coming into the hall. So essentially, she has received a promotion that you did not know about uh, that puts her on quite a more prestigious level than you had previously known. And is she far enough away from me that like she can't hear me now? She's maybe 10 feet. Like she just started deviating as this realization hits you and she's just sort of waving at you like, ta. <laughs> Wait, so you just weren't going to tell me that you were going to be sitting in judgment? Not all of us need a pat on the back for our achievements. And I think as we like walk our separate ways and she turns her back, like Elle goes, And like mocks her as she walks towards the Great Hall. You see her shoulders go up as she sort of cringes at hearing you mock her because it still bothers her, even through her Ace Sedai veneer that she's trying to keep of uh, being very placid. You've annoyed her, so perhaps you can take a little bit of solace in the fact that you cracked that. <laughs> so as you enter the Great Hall, essentially what you're entering is a giant dome, uh, and on one side is stadium seating, and this is where uh, folks can sit down while they wait their turn to go and ask for uh, permission to build something, or assistance, or if there's something that needs to be uh, taken into consideration immediately. Petitions are brought here. Think of the way this looks essentially as the Senate in the United States of America. And the receivers are sitting behind essentially a desk with very large ornate chairs uh, while folks step up 
take a, well, it would essentially be a dais uh, where you would state your purpose there and uh, ask for help. In some cases, things are pretty basic. Uh, if there was a house that burned down and someone comes to ask for help rebuilding it, uh, they can have someone assigned to them immediately. And that sort of grunt work typically goes to novices or to the accepted. And you've done quite a few bit of quests, so to speak, that are just grunt work. And as you walk in, this is the first time you realize you do not have to sit in the novice or accepted sections, but you get to sit in the full Ace Sedai section, which is directly next to where the receivers sit. So uh, it's your first time crossing over there. And uh, it's this very nice feeling until as you begin to take your seat, you realize the other Ace Sedai sort of scooch away from you a little bit, kind of like Forrest Gump on the bus, except they're like letting you sit somewhere, but making sure that they're not, you know, anywhere near you. Uh, I think this is a new experience for Elle because she tends to be friendly, has quite a few friends. And so she kind of looks around, like kind of like sniffs herself a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> do I smell kind of funny? Looks warily kind of around and just like takes her seat. I think this is actually a perfect time to bring up some of the game mechanics that we're going to be running. So although we are running this D&D campaign and it is based off of fifth edition, we are not going to be doing some of the typical things that you see uh, within D&D podcasts. In particular, the results of the roles will in most cases just be directly put into the show. That way you don't have to listen to us bog things down. Uh, however, this is the first time and the first role. Uh, so go ahead and roll an insight into sort of why people are behaving this way. My insight is horrible. So that's a seven. Okay. You look around and you have this moment of thinking, is something happening right now? And you just sort of wave it off as paranoia. As quickly as it comes, it goes. And you sort of just decide to rather than uh, pay attention to some of these details of people acting odd, to just essentially ignore it, to just enjoy your moment. This is your day. Uh, and people start to filter in and it's the typical things, lost cattle. Uh, there was a dispute between neighbors. There's been a fight. There's been a few crimes that are gonna need to have a Sedai help or intervention. Uh, there's hospitals nearby where people tend to practice medicine that is fairly advanced, but for things that are getting a little bit out of control, they're requesting additional healers be sent over, stuff that you've heard before. This is probably very telling of Elle that she doesn't get that, you know, there's something going on because she's normally like a pretty popular person and who has lots of friends and she's just like, it's nothing. People like me. <laughs> In this moment, she sees someone that she's not seen before step up to the dais to make a request. And that person's name is Red. <laughs> oh, we're doing character voices, right? If you would prefer, go for it. Yeah. Uh... Good day, governors. My name's Red. <laughs> hey, we got some spam here for you. Uh, they cast Balefire. <laughs> and you are deleted okay. from existence. All right. Uh, I'm going to introduce my new character. Okay, so Red comes up at the dais. Who am I addressing again? Just kind of the chamber? The, the council in general. The people behind you are just other people waiting for their time to speak. Sure. Uh, to your left are, and you know this actually, uh, based off of some of your background. Uh, you see the novice, you see the accepted, you see the Ace Sedai, you see one sitting alone, you assume that she smells, and then you see the panel of elevated Ace Sedai who will basically decide whether or not you will receive the help you're asking for. Mm -hmm. um, good afternoon, distinguished members of the chamber. Uh, I am here on behalf of House Dagon, and uh, we have a request for aid in our facilities and home for orphaned children. Um, I have a thing of paper 
there's an attendant that takes it from you and walks it over to someone that's center in the dais that just looks to be a little bit uh, up their own ass compared to everyone else. <laughs> sure. Uh, in exchange, uh, House Dagan is willing to repay back the price of goods over the next 10 years. As you're finishing your sentence, the person who you have handed the scroll to, you notice has not unfurled it. And as your last words leave your lips, she states, are you reading Deuteron? I am. Your request is denied. Uh, and she started makes a motion to the attendant to bring hold, the next person hold forth. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why? As you start uh, protesting, you see a few of them start like leaning towards each other because they're also kind of surprised at the outright dismissal. And um, in particular, L, you see Elena scuffle over and whisper furiously uh, to the woman who's the head of the council. And then she again takes her seat. She looks at you very closely, Red. And she says, we may have a way to make this work just yet. And she hands the scroll back to the attendant and leans down and whispers a few words in the attendant's ear. And the attendant comes back over to you and without saying a word, holds their arm out so that you can be seated uh, where the novices sit. Uh, cool. Thanks. And under my breath, fucking Ace and I. Uh, so you kind of get the feeling too, based off of what you know of the ceremony and of, of how the Great Hall operates, that they're having you sit through what is going to be the first private session, also referred to as the closed session. So you'll be present during the debate. That's the feeling that you get from what just transpired. So still odd, but you haven't been denied outright. And, you know, Elena, <laughs> keep thinking it's wrong because Alana is an actual ace to die. Yeah. But uh, Elena seems to be the person that has helped you out here in a, in a way. So you kind of remember her face a little bit. I have nothing to do. I just sit down. So now during this ceremony, more people come up, they ask pretty basic things. There's nothing too of note, nothing very exciting. Uh, and then we move into what is called closed session or the first private session and the public is asked to leave. And as they're ushered out, you hear them start uh, discussing some of the more resource heavy requests like building a bridge that they believe will be important to commerce between Parandeson and its sister city of Majin. Uh, Majin is essentially the second city, so any other place pales in comparison to Majin, but in comparison to Parandeson, Majin is essentially second fiddle. Uh, it is the little sister, so to speak. So as we discuss things back and forth, uh, nothing seems to be coming up, but L, you're waiting to hear for a task that you think is going to be assigned to you, something that is no longer beneath your station. Like even when you were an accepted, you would get things that were essentially fetch quests, and now you're waiting to hear what this important thing is going to be. And time keeps ticking away and you slowly start to realize that you're not going to be assigned to any of these things. And that feeling is the first time you've ever had that you are going to be taken to the second private session and assigned a mission in secret, essentially. And while that may be a big moment for you, for Red, you notice what you have brought to be discussed has not been talked about whatsoever. Uh, so it is quite odd. And as you have that thought, the same attendant comes to you and motions for you to follow them. And they uh, start moving without waiting for you to follow towards the door that goes behind the sitters, uh, or as I was calling them earlier, the receivers. And they're essentially taking you to one of the private rooms right now.
During this private session initially, can I make an investigation or a perception check on Red? Because I feel like L would kind of feel that this is a little bit weird that one person has been singled out and is now going to be coming to a private session with us. Absolutely. You notice that uh, Red carries himself in a very distinct manner. Uh, he doesn't seem to be uh, of the worldly sort that was coming to ask for things. He seems to be a little bit more put together. Uh, and most importantly, you noticed that the leader of the receivers, a woman named uh, Muriel Sedai, uh, recognized him. And you think that would most likely only be possible if in some way, shape or form, they had crossed paths in the past, which means that he at some point has been in the Hall of Servants before. So there's some sort of familiarity between not just him and the setting, but him and Muriel Sedai. I will also say that Red, when he went to sit down, you know, he's not splayed out with his feet up on the seat as you do in uh, movie theaters in the 21st century. Um, <laughs> he sits down straight back and hands on his knees in a uh, matter of not just respect. This is not his house, but also like its rigidity. He's not comfortable here. I'll also toss in uh, as he walks by towards the private room and you realize that he's being taken towards like a closed private session. Um, he doesn't seem to be too rattled by it. He seems to know where he's going. And for most folks who are not a Sedai, they do not know what the third session is actually like. They just know that there's an open and a closed session. So as we go on, the debates basically come to an end. And as you're sitting there, uh, different attendants start coming up to a Sedai and even an accepted or two. And they are taking them off to private session rooms and uh, an attendant comes for you that you do not recognize. They appear to be some form of novice that has just entered the hall uh, and they ask you to come with them and they ask you very specifically by your full name, Liriel, and they do not use the honorific of Sedai. Oh, shit. Uh, it's just L. Oh, yes. Excuse me. L, please follow me. Uh, she feels a little miffed by this, but she also has the sense of like, ah, maybe this is just a novice who is, you know, doesn't really understand like the honorifics that need to be given. Um, and also she feels quite excited because she's like, oh, I'm going on the private sessions. I get a private like uh, quest. This is cool. It means I'm doing well and follows the novice. So based off of your passive perception, uh, you notice two specific things. Uh, the first is that your friends, the people who that you came up through the ranks with, uh, who have given you this sort of sense of uh, family or support, uh, the other accepted, and even a novice or two who just has struggled along the way, they sincerely appreciate the fact that you did not correct this new novice and tell them to refer to you as El Sedai, because it is very similar to people that earn honorifics that always want to be called that. The other thing you notice is that the Ace Sedai, who all sort of slunk away from you when you sat down, almost seemed to be offended in their own right that you did not correct her. So it's like that moment in Telltale Games where it says so-and-so will remember this. It applies to both groups. So you have a group that is respectful of your behavior and you have a group there that is sort of taken aback by it. As you begin to follow this attendant, you go behind the door. That is where the receivers sit. And it's just a line of hallways. It's incredibly long. It's 30 or 40 doors. You've never actually taken the time to count. And none of them look any different than the other ones. They're essentially fairly small briefing rooms. Uh, you are brought to a room that looks no different than the others. And as the door is open, standing inside is red and red alone. The attendant sort of nudges you to go in. Uh, I walk in. 
And um, the door is closed immediately behind you, <laughs> and you hear footsteps retreating, and it is just the two of you in a room. Uh, hey, Red, how tall are you? Uh, I don't know, probably nine foot. Um, <laughs> nine foot. Are you like a big dude, essentially? I don't think so. I mean, okay. not like I said, very common individual. So let's just give me like a like a six foot average height. Okay. Um, you know, just dusty, sunburnt, crow's feet, that kind of thing. All the five nine people are like five nine's average, not six feet. Uh, okay, <laughs> excuse me. You know, I should. Okay, let's yeah, let's let's call it five nine. That's I'm very okay with it either way. L kind of like walks in, looks at the door that's just been closed behind her, looks at Red, who she's been trying to like figure out who this person is, you know, the whole time, kind of like looks up at him because she's about five two, and is like, uh, oh, hello. Hi. Um, so. Are you who I have now for this one, or are we good to go? Excuse me? Uh, I assume that, that, that they were just going to pair me up with somebody. I didn't realize it would be the new person, um, but I guess we're here together, and I'm ready to go when you are. Wait, I was not aware that this was going to be my quest, so to speak. Um, I- I'm Elle. Uh, what's your name? Um, I'm Red. Nice to meet you, but seriously, this is not going to take all that long. Um, we can just, like, talk on the road, if that's okay. As you say that, the door to the room opens, and in walks, to Red's perspective, uh, the hero of the hour, Elena Sedai, who is the one who kept your petition from being rejected, uh, and you notice that she is looking directly at Al, and uh, inclines her head and says, Lyriel Sedai. Do I know a previous experiences of being here? You've never really met her. Uh, I don't think you've really even heard of her uh, uh-huh. during your time here. You mostly have just seen the other people that were on the council. That's more of like your generation kind of. Sure, sure, uh, sure. And she's maybe 10, 15 years younger than you. And then who rejected me? Or who declined my thing? That was the other... Muriel, I think Muriel. is her name. Okay. It, it just wasn't A. Like I don't... <laughs> okay. Correct. I uh, turned towards A um, and... It, I do this partly because, you know, it's like we're saving face and because we have someone here that's a stranger that we don't know. Uh, but also, like, knowing the two of us, it's very mocking. And she kind of, like, inclines her head the same way that A does and says, Elena Sedai. She bows slightly. Uh, I'll uh, do respect to A Sedai. Um, just to cut to the chase here, what, what was, what's the issue with this, my request being denied, and now we have to come behind closed doors here? So Elena uh, looks at you and is measuring you and is taking a very long time to speak before she arches an eyebrow and says, our resources are stretched very thin and we have to be very careful about who we give out anything to at this point. And if there is a chance for a petitioner to, let's say, earn their keep, we have to take that. And we thought based off of your previous experience in the Hall of Servants, you would be perfect to help out my little sister here. Okay. You notice I, that her professionalism sort of slips a little bit when she says, my little sister in a very condescending tone. Mm-hmm. Little sister Sedai, huh? I don't need any help. She kind of smiles and smirks at you and says, it is fairly commonplace for most ace Sedai to have help on their first mission out. Uh, and both of you roll a history check on that. First roll of the show is a literal botch. So Ooh, I have, no. yeah, one plus one is two. 
So it sounds a little sus to you, L. Red, you're like, yep, that's totally true. And somewhere in the back of your head that's being tamped down, you know it's not true, but it's just like the the fog of war from this situation has settled a haze over your brain. You're just like, oh, seems to check out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like someone saying like two plus two is five. And you're like, yeah, man, it totally is five, isn't it? So uh, as you hear that, you're just sort of like, okay, so you want me to do this thing. Uh, and she continues to say, in the city of Majin, there has been a newly recovered artifact. That artifact would do better in Perrin Desin with the best researchers in the world. And most importantly, if it is just going to be a piece of window dressing, something of great renown should be in the greatest city in the world. That said, the council has not sent a formal request to have this transferred because the politics between the two cities, let's say, are frayed at best. Majin seems to be trying to climb out of the shadow of Perrin and become the greatest city in the world, and the means that they take are becoming increasingly more radical. And rather than start an incident, we think it would be best if the artifact were to just go missing. And if that were the case, Majin would never admit to it. They have already stated that this artifact is of great renown, and they would never admit to a mistake of misplacing it. Wink, wink. Okay. Um, so you decline my request for assistance and ask me to do some... I'm not looking at L at all or care about L at all. I'm just talking to A, A Sedai. A Sedai. Oh, that's going to be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> she probably goes by Elena Sedai. Elena Sedai. Sure. I don't I, think Ray I knows call that. her A. Sure. Uh, anyway, so you, you deny a request and now you're asking me to take part in something that is a little bit underhanded or the more shady dealings that the Hall of Servants has to do with. To be fair, Mariel Sedai denied your request. I simply thought that you could prove yourself of use and possibly earn your keep. Okay. Fine. That's, that's fine. Let's just get through it. Do not care. We'll come back and then the request from House Dagan is going to be honored. That is our deal. Correct? Correct. She turns to Al and says, Liriel Sedai, does this seem as if it's a task you could manage? Uh, while this is indeed a task that I could manage, Elena Sedai, it strikes me as quite surprising that someone in your position would ask that we do something as underhanded as stealing from another city. And this is just like really, like this doesn't jive with Elle's understanding of her sister, right? She has never seen her sister so kind of openly suggesting this like underhanded way of like basically gaining an advantage over somebody. We see it more as liberating. Perhaps you will too when you truly become a full Ace Sedai. It's very important to understand when uppity little sisters need to know their place sometimes. This is clearly your first rodeo, huh, kid? I, I ignore red. And I... I, I t- <laughs> 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 and she, she turns to, to her sister and says, Full Ace Sedai? I became full Ace Sedai this morning. I suppose you did. But you have no renown to speak of, now do you? Perhaps, if this goes off well, you will find yourself a cause to attach yourself to. And with that, she turns and opens the door. 
and begins to leave. And then she stops briefly and leans back in and says, Oh, of course, you know the protocol. When you return, you shall come directly to me. And when she says that, you realize that the protocol of receiving an assignment like this in one of the secret rooms is that whoever is the one who delivers you the mission is essentially your handler and who you are reporting directly to to hold you accountable for your success or your failure. Very well. And she walks off fairly slowly, almost like she's gliding. You haven't seen her in this good of a mood in quite some time, in fact. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mutter under my breath, yeah, bye, I love you too. Depart immediately. Bye. <laughs> Red is going to just, he's going to kind of just sigh and turn and, all right, you ready to go? Uh, I'll uh, meet you out front and I'm just going to, I'm going to grab my horse and uh, get one from the stables for you. Yeah, thanks. I have to get some stuff, um, but uh, okay. I'll meet you I'll out s- there in like, yep. I don't know, yep. 20 minutes. Bye. And I'm already gone. Bye. Jeez. This day is not working out like you thought. You thought this was going to be just the bestest day ever. Shitting on my graduation day parade. It really isn't. And I mean, I think Elv kind of takes this like morose, like walk back to her chambers, gets her pack, starts like, you know, putting some like clothes in there, (laughs) goes to the kitchen, gets some food. As you open the door, Uh, You see on your bed is laid out um, some very delicately picked flowers, and they've been arranged on your bed with a note that says, you are now officially our favorite Ace Sedai. And it's signed by all the novices and accepted that you are friends with. So they have noticed that it's not going well for you, and they wanted to let you know that you are the bestest and you're better than all the restest. So as you see that, you sort of have a heartwarming moment as you pack, you get the sense, based off of your passive perception, that you have eyes on your back. Uh, I stop for a second and I turn around really quickly. As you turn around, you see a woman who is fairly tall. She's in fact taller than Red by a full head. Uh, and she's standing in a robe that completely covers her face. And you hear a voice speak to you, a voice that is familiar to you. And it says, is the man with you? Uh, Red? That is the one. No, he went to go get some horses, I guess. She says, good. And she takes her hood down and you recognize her immediately as mistress, which is what she instructs you to call her. You do know her identity. She is a full Aes Sedai of great renown in the Hall of Servants. But because the politics are what they are, most folks that take on an apprentice don't exactly announce it in public because it's easier to scheme when people don't know who is aligned with who. And she is essentially the reason that you maintained your sanity when you first arrived uh, at the Hall of Servants. Um, She sort of brought out the best in you and made you realize what potential you had and most importantly made you realize that you could eventually become stronger than your sister. And strength is one of the most important things in the Hall of Servants, not just great renown. So uh, you think all this (laughs) as you see her face. Uh, And she closes the door and she says, I need to speak with you. And it is very important that you listen to me and understand how incredibly serious the task you have been sent on is. And this is probably the most serious you have ever seen her be. So she tells you, the artifact you're being sent to retrieve isn't just window dressing, and it's not just a relic of an ancient civilization. It is one of the rarest and most powerful terrain that have ever existed. 
and it comes from an age that we cannot identify. It is possibly the oldest thing in existence. We don't know its purpose. We don't know why it is of such great renown. And most importantly, we don't know why they have chosen you and Red to recover it. But it is likely if you fail, it will not be something anyone has to take too seriously. And it will just sort of be a slight embarrassment and they will essentially blame you and Red as going rogue, so to speak. This artifact is the most dangerous thing in existence right now. We don't know what it's being used for or why Majin is being so secretive of its actual purpose, but they wanted us to know that they have it. So you are essentially being led to slaughter and the only reason that I haven't stepped in and prevented you from being sent is because I believe you can actually pull this off. Does A know this? Absolutely not. Your sister, while very obedient, can be quite a fool sometimes. Yeah, true that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that this needs to be absolutely secretive. Like we can't be going around telling people that we're looking after this. This isn't just a snatch and grab job. Essentially, I would do everything I could to protect your identity to the point of not even letting anyone know that you can channel unless it's absolutely necessary. I would also not bother trying to travel into the city. If you try that, they will know that an Aes Sedai or someone powerful enough to travel has arrived and they will come to find you immediately. There is a town nearby Majin that goes by the name of Deviat Duwad. Very weird, I know. It's old tongue. No one knows what it means. It is a small town that rests just half a day's ride from the gates. If you arrive there, most folks won't notice and they will think you're just a traveler on the road. But it is still very, very important. You do not let anyone know that you're full Ace to die or even a channeler in general and that you keep your true purpose secret. As far as the man goes, his life is as much at stake as yours. So I will leave it up to you how much you choose to share with him and how much you choose to keep from him. Well, it sounds like he should know what he's getting himself into. Well, he went to get horses, and that's his decision. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, L doesn't actually uh, laugh. Um, And she says, so do you have a painting of what what we're supposed to be getting? How will I know once I find this artifact? I sincerely have no idea what this artifact looks like, but there is one thing that will certainly lead you to it. There is an Aes Sedai there by the name of Aval Rahman. He is one of the most powerful channelers in the world, and he works at the Majin Research Center studying ancient civilizations. It will almost certainly be within his possession within the research center, as there is no way someone of such great renown would not be the head of the project for this particular Terangriel. If you find him, you will find it. I should also warn you, he is not just powerful, but in equal measures cruel. If you are caught, I will likely never hear from you again. Good to know. Uh, Well, um, is there anything that you can give me to help me on this quest? I'm glad you asked. And she hands you a uh, tiny little statue that you have seen her use in the past. 
and it's about the size of, let's say, an inhaler, since it's sitting on my desk. Uh, and it's in the shape of a horse. And she says, this doesn't work very frequently, but when it does, if you need someone to say, go along with you, they will do so without question. Out of game, essentially what this uh, equates to is, this is a, an incredibly powerful um, item that grants you a charm person spell that is near impossible to resist. Mm. Within the Wheel of Time fiction, the closest thing I can compare this to is compulsion. Mm -hmm. Very fun. Cool. The other thing I should say is that because we're going to overlap D&D rules with Wheel of Time rules, compulsion doesn't really wear off. And if it happens to, they don't really know they've been charmed like a charm spell. Hmm. So you've seen her use this before, um, just sort of teaching you the ways of how charm person works, essentially. So you know that this is to be used uh, in extreme cases. And it's also one today. She turns to leave, and the last thing she says before she exits the room is, if you are successful, bring the artifact directly to me. But A said... As you start saying that, and you sort of like look down and you shake your head, you look back up, and she's no longer in the doorway. She's like five feet out the door. She's like, <laughs> I'm walking away. I'm not doing a Batman. Bye! <laughs> Don't die! Well, great. This has been an excellent day. campaign Age of Legends Downfall is played by Faye Kai, Garrett Schultz, and DM'd by Adam Diaz. For more information about us, Twats, or other awesome work we do that is unrelated to the Wheel of Time, head to the Wheel of Time Show about the Wheel of Time Show.com for bios and our social media handles. Stewardesses is the longest word typed with only the left hand. I bet you're doing it in your head right now.